Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we bring to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Suzanne. She's the founder of Dirt Button. Uh, thank you so much, Suzanne, for being on here today with us. I know it's very, very late for you and the other side of the world, and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your night uh, to do this here with us today. And uh, before I dive into it, I do want to mention there will be a discount code for anyone that wants to try out uh, Dare Button, and we'll make sure that we put that in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. And with that being said, uh, Suzanne, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, so thanks, um, first of all, for having me on this. I'm really happy. Uh, um, so I'm the co-founder of Der Button. Uh, Der Button is actually the German article for Der, so it's a kind of like Der Button. And what we do is we do the entire customer interaction process handling within the push of one button. Mm -hmm. um, so our button, our software solution, uh, our SaaS solution, uh, in integrates automated scheduling, video meetings, and payments all in one button um, to help professionals, especially knowledge experts, build a seamless customer experience. Um, so how it works is that similar to kind of Calendly, but we have some more uh, functionality. So it's not only the scheduling part, but once you schedule an appointment with an expert, um, you can immediately have a video call with that person without having to exchange any Skype details or exchanging any links, Zoom links, etc. And right when you hang up the call, you can immediately charge your client, uh, we issue an invoice automatically, and the money is right on your bank account without having to do anything for it, basically. That's except for awesome. Uh, it sounds like a super helpful product for people in that space that do like consulting and things like that. Uh, and with that being said, it kind of makes me wonder how did you, or what was the main driver um, to create this product? Was it something that you were doing yourself and you couldn't find a solution? Uh, was it something that you saw that people were looking for and could never find it? Or how did you come across, you know, the idea? So um, actually we started off with a, different startup um it's called coachbox it's an online marketplace where you can find coaches book them have video calls with them and pay for it and coachbox um started off with my own need of finding a coach and realizing how difficult it is to actually find a coach and get in touch with them and uh, without having any transparency on the prices on the availabilities it's just a real pain uh, especially when you're so used as a customer to booking everything online like you book mm -hmm. trains online, you book flights online you book food and and, yeah. and then when it comes to booking appointments with professionals uh, such as coaches or consultants or doctors or lawyers you still have to do it the old-fashioned way like you have to call during working hours or you have to write endless emails back and forth and all of that is just such a pain that we realize um and then while we were working on coach box um, we had so many talks with our coaches. We had 120 coaches that are currently uh, working with our platform um, on Coachbox. And we talked to them and realized that that's actually not only a need that coaches have, but that actually a lot of other people have too. And that's why we decided to kind of make a spin-off and offer a SaaS solution for any, anybody else out there who has customer meetings and wants to get paid faster uh -huh. and wants to handle those faster and more efficiently. Very cool. So as far as, tell me really quickly, how long has uh, Dare Button been out there? Um, the Button has only been out there since April. Uh, so okay. we're still quite a young startup. We've been starting off with uh, Coachbox 
a year and a half um, ago. So we've been working for one year on Coachbox and then we had the spin-off and now we're doing both things at the same time, which is kind of fun and, and wow. exciting and at the same time, very challenging too. That's awesome. So before, before getting more into the product and, 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 you know, a little bit other things, what did you do before um, going into the SaaS space? Um, I actually worked um, in the automotive industry and then I uh, worked in my own family's uh, business, which was a very, very different business. It's a um, plastic production company, very much um, industrial, um, not very um, software based at all. And so there was a lot of pen and paper uh, handling still in this company. And that's also where I got more and more interest into like uh, digitizing processes and mm -hmm figuring out how you can uh, take existing things that are kind of obvious that they have to be digitized in the future and you just do it. Uh, so, that's right? awesome. Because it is such like polar opposites, right? Where you have something that's very industrious, like you said, and now you're going to a very like streamlined SaaS product. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering, you know, where, I guess, how did you deal with that transition from, from doing something so completely different um, to creating a product and, and monetizing it and putting it out in front of thousands of people, uh, millions potentially, right? Yeah, I mean, it is um, really challenging. And I think you just have to like, live your vision every day, like mm -hmm. you have to kind of not lose your focus. And um, I think it's just the moment you have uh, like a solution in your head and you want to get it out, you just start doing one step after the yeah. other and in the beginning it is struggling and especially um i don't have a it background so for me it was very important to have a strong partner who has a who my, my co-founder mm -hmm. he's um the it brain behind it and he's been really focusing on, on um creating the products and that was a really good collaboration and i think you if like it's, it's important that you first of all have your like solution in mind and wow. you don't just focus, but at the same time, it's really important that you have a good team around you. That's that awesome. Make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question because you know, uh, the, the, obviously the IT part of everything is extremely important in this industry. And, and really one of the things I feel like people struggle with initially is they have all these ideas, but they don't have the technical skills to actually bring them to a life. So um, how did you find your co-founder? Um, we were actually really good friends for a long time, so it was just a very lucky coincidence. And we just decided at some point that we wanted to do some projects together because mm -hmm. we were both interested in, in creating our own thing. And um, we had a quite similar idea at the same moment in time. Mm -hmm. He was thinking of actually um, getting psychotherapists uh, online and, and having more like consulting services online. And I was also more coming from the coaching side and somehow we were just having a similar idea at the same time. And we just said, okay, let's do it. That's awesome. And uh, so, so, you know, it's such a young company still. And uh, what are some of the, the things that you've noticed, right? And you mentioned that one of the first things that you mentioned that caught my attention was the fact that uh, you're talking about, you know, being for coaches and things like that. But then you are also mentioned that it's pretty much for anyone that is looking for a solution like that. Um, how important do you think niching down will be, whether it's now or near the future? Um, yeah, no, I do think that um, right now we're in a quite interesting phase because we are um, 
kind of trying out everything and mm -hmm. uh, we are testing different target groups and we are trying to still figure out which target group is the best and so far we have not really been i mean we have some ideas of who is using our system more and who's just signing up to to sign up and not really using it so we right. we know who our power customers are and they are going more uh, towards those kind of people that, that are doing consulting services but we have a lot of other ones too we have even like uh, Commissions, like electricians and people that would maybe not uh, be so obvious they are also using our tool for because it's not only for video calls but you can also schedule face-to-face -face meetings uh -huh. and that's why it becomes interesting for other people too that just want to make money with their time and um, for us it's um, we've been really doing a lot of different tests we are currently yeah, creating different landing pages for different target groups and really trying to make a very focused um, making very focused tests for different wow. groups, but i think in the future our goal is to like find a or we actually want to find one target group now that we really believe in we want to grow this one target group and then we want to go one target group after the other until we are really big yeah so i think that's always important is finding one focusing it mastering that one and then once you have that one pretty much you know locked in then you can go and try to do the next one and the next one and the next one uh sometimes it's really hard to really you know try to go on every vertical because you start spreading yourself too thin um so essentially even if it's if you think about it like in a paid advertising form right when you have let's say you have a thousand dollars to spend uh instead of spending a thousand dollars on just coaches now you're spending a hundred dollars on 10 different ones and it just it gets messy right so um, there's different ways to look at things like that, but I think you're on the right track with that. And obviously it's still super early stages where you are still learning uh, and testing different things to understand who your core audience is and really uh, have that product market fit right now yeah. with, with, you know, so many different options being out there and you mentioned Calendly being one of them, but there's a ton of them. What are you currently doing kind of to stand out? And uh, obviously, you know, uh, different features are a big part of it like calendly is pretty focused on really just you know taking appointments and booking it on your calendar um and then it looks like you have a lot a, a lot more robust product so far and it's still very early stages so i'm interesting interested in knowing you know what are kind of like the the what's the vision with the product and, and where is this going and how are you trying to stand out from anything that's out there already um, so our vision is to really become the number one tool for people who, uh, for actually that's whole gig economy. So for people who really want to make money with the time and want to work flexibly, want to work mm -hmm. wherever they are, um, from the, all these digital nomads, all these people that are really just out there and want to make money. And um, it is very difficult, of course, because of course our competitors are also trying to get exactly the same. Uh -huh. uh, so one thing is, of course, that we're going towards um, getting more features or more relevant features for this target group um, because right now even though Calendly is amazing Calendly is really targeting everyone because they can because mm -hmm. um, they are very a very good product but what we do differently is that we are really we want to be the best product for those knowledge experts for those people that mm -hmm. want to make money in video calls and video meetings awesome and um, that's one thing and what we realized too is that there are lots of um, existing expert networks out there that have been growing for the last uh, decades and they have been 
for example, there are niche um, platforms for psychologists, uh, niche platforms for consultants, uh, for astrologists, for any kind of services. And they have these like existing directories uh, where you don't really see much more than a picture, a name, an email address, and maybe a telephone number. That's about it. And uh -huh. sometimes it's a contacting form. So what we are doing or our approach right now is that we are really contacting one of one after the other of these directories and we're trying to partner up with them and we are giving them our tool because it's so easily duplicable. They can just put it on their own platform. And by doing that, um, those kind of existing platforms can become booking platforms for those services immediately with one integration. Uh -huh. So that's kind of how I approach it. We are going towards um, existing expert networks instead of going through each and every individual um, separately because that is very time consuming. So our big focus right now is to find a lot of different partners and the same is holds true for uh, existing software solutions. So we are trying to partner up with existing software solutions that those um, or those target groups are already using. For example, we are right now in the process of uh, partnering up with a um, lawyer software um, here in Austria, Germany. And they, uh, for example, are just going to add our tool and are going to just resell it for their customers. And it's not, we don't have to go to each and every uh -huh. lawyer anymore. They're just doing it by themselves. And that these kind of things are, uh, quite interesting for us. So we are really trying to scale with that also because we do not have the same budgets available as our big competitors have. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's smart. Um, I think, you know, one of the best ways to do that kind of, it's a, you know, a little bit of a growth hack that you have going on, right? Where you're putting your, your product in front of pretty much anyone else that's going to there. So using those directories is definitely uh, a way to scale that and, and make it at the same time, very niched because like you said you go into the lawyer uh directory and now every lawyer is going there for information or whatever they need um so that's definitely an awesome thing and i think you missed some of the stuff that i just said <laughs> sorry yeah somehow the internet wasn't good enough no worries it's all uh, that we're working in the it business and we like <laughs> our internet is not no worries. I was just saying that, that, you know, it's, it's important to use those type of networks because they're very niche down and uh, essentially anyone that's in that same space will be going to that directory, looking at the tool. Oh, it looks interesting. Uh, and you don't have to do all that work. So you're pretty much having like a sales rep, right? Taking care of certain things for you, which is awesome. Um, and you don't even have to, I mean, obviously there might be some sort of transaction between you and them, but it's not going to be anything big. Um, so that's awesome. And, uh, as far as, you know, what is, what would you say is the one thing that the customers that you have right now absolutely love? Like if, if they could get rid of every single feature, which one would they keep? Um, it's, it's difficult because it is a combination. I think the best uh -huh. combination is that you can actually get paid for the time that you spend um, mm -hmm. with your uh, immediately and that has to do with that you can actually book an appointment and immediately afterwards get paid for mm -hmm. it. The video solution is a nice add-on but it's not the most important thing right now. The most important thing is actually that they get the money immediately that they don't have to take care of writing an invoice, waiting for the money, checking the balance, all of these kind of things. Awesome and uh, as far as you know other than other than reaching out to like the directories and things like that what's been the most successful way for you to acquire new customers um one of them is that we just partnered up with the biggest austrian telecommunication provider um 
and they are really interested in in reselling our product and uh -huh. they um, are putting us adding us to their products right now and these kind of it's also a bigger partnership of course but these um things really help a lot mm -hmm. i believe um we just started so we will see but um that was actually quite uh, i think it will be quite successful we also had a really interesting telesales um test with them so they actually they that their telesales uh, team was actually calling their customers and asking mm -hmm. them if they're interested in the button as well and that was super successful and i would not believe how many people would actually sign up while they are on the phone with you uh, for a software solution that's um that was really surprising for me and that's something i would have not thought of uh -huh. um, i thought that okay because we're doing a um SaaS um product we have to kind of sell it over other media like over other channels like um yeah online channels and not via the phone but that really worked well no. what i learned through that is that you really have to apparently um make sure that you're closing the customer on the phone while you're still talking to them at least for a test customer so what we really did then was we called them and we said hey this is the product that we have um can we send you a link where you can have like two weeks free to test our product and then we just signed them up while we were talking to them and we sent them the link so they could they already had a ready-made right. uh, for them and they could just use it immediately without having the whole onboarding process it is time consuming but in the beginning it was definitely worth it uh -huh. that's awesome no and one of the things too that i think you know is it's difficult to get out there is the actual not I don't want to call it a transaction, especially not when it's a free trial. Um, but with SaaS companies, it's, it's even though the process, right, it's so easy for me to go and do a free trial or whatever. Um, it just, it, for some reason, people don't do it. And it's just, it's too much to go out of their way to go do something like that. And I think when they have it done immediately for them and then you just give them the option to start using it, it's a lot easier for them to actually, um, you know, adopt to the new product. And, and one of the things, and this is a good question for you too, is um, how are you explaining, you know, how to use a product? Because user onboarding is huge. And obviously, um, for example, I use Calendly right now, so I know how to use that now. But if I wanted to go into Dare button and, uh, you know, it's going to be different, right? So there's going to be a couple of differences uh, that, that I'd have to get used to and learn how to use. What is the user onboarding process at the moment? Um, at the moment, it's pretty much self-onboarding, but we do uh, realize that there are some um, things that we have to fix because it's not going that smooth yet. Um, mm -hmm. Especially, yeah, explaining, like, um, it's it's difficult to explain, but it's it's really uh, crazy how many people do not know how to actually fill in a form and how many um, people. We, so we have, of course, our little chat box that opens up when they are on our website, and we have no idea how many people just write it there all the time about. Oh, I, I'm not sure how to continue. And then you're like, okay, just check that box and wow. click on next. And these kind of like small things that you really have to do and realize that our user experience has to be, of course, adapted more and more. And, and according to that feedback, we have to really uh, take that feedback seriously because that's like, we are so lucky when people actually write us in that chat box because <laughs> that means that they're actually interested in that they interact. But um, all those people that are just giving up, right, when they don't know how to click on next, those are the people that we really have to make sure that we can keep them. And that's yeah. why it's just so important to, to make this user 
flow very smooth. And we, of course, have tutorials. We are now uh, making also screen uh, recordings for our products so that people really stop asking um, so many questions and just read about it. <laughs> But still, if you ask questions, and it's fine for us because we get feedback, but it is yeah. sometimes quite frustrating. <laughs> and uh, as far as the team uh, behind their button, is it just you and your co-founder, or is there more people involved that can go in there, you know, after hours or, or whatever the case may be, to go and, and reply to these questions, or is it something that you guys have to go out of your day to do? Yeah, right now we still have to kind of go out of our day to do it. Uh, we do have, uh, we're now seven people in the team. Okay. So, so uh, but we are all based in Austria, which makes it difficult with time zones, of course, because mm -hmm. we don't have 24-7 uh, support. Even though we have an amazing team who is actually like every, every day, I, I usually work quite late too, of course. Mm -hmm. And whenever I get a message in at midnight, of course, I respond to that customer support request. Uh, and Oftentimes I wake up in the morning and I realize that my colleagues actually have responded to something in the middle of the night too. So it's just right now we're just doing everything we can, right. but we don't have a 24 seven support yet. But I, I also think that um, most customers do expect you to have a 24 seven support, but if you explain yourself well, and if you say, Hey, sorry, uh, when we're just a small startup yet, then that's just yeah. how it is. But we're really trying to keep up with our requests then they also understand it really well. And I don't think we are losing customers. I mean, sometimes we of course do, but yeah, yeah we're no, trying to grow. Yeah, What's most that? people understand it. We're trying to grow and most people understand that, that you can't be an amazing um, company from the day one. You have to right. grow and you have to understand, you have to improve. And Absolutely. And one of the things that really stands out to me and when companies do something like this, and you kind of mentioned it in a way, that as long as you explain it well, they understand. And I think it's true, right? When, when people are transparent and they show their, their, I mean, it's a company, right? But when, when they show yeah. the true colors and their motives and things like that, it, it gives it more of a personal approach um, where, you know, if you did have a 24 17, maybe they would be outsourced, uh, you know, in, in another country or something like that. But essentially being, being transparent and being, you know, vulnerable, I guess you could say, um, as a company is really, to me at least, and I think is the case for most people just because it's how we are as humans, right? There's sympathy that goes with everything. And I think that's one of the cool things about being in the digital space is that you can connect with your, with your, you know, your customers, um, essentially at all times of the day, but even when you can't, you can still use some form of automation to explain, you know, this is how things are right now. And we're sorry that we can't help you right now, but we'll be here first thing tomorrow morning or something like that. Um, obviously you want to give them the best support that you can. And to do that, we have to get some sleep uh, or something like that. Right. Just to explain yourself and be transparent. And obviously, um, like I said, most people understand that. So I think that's good that you guys are doing that and it's awesome. And just really understanding how, you know, the, the journey has been going for you guys. And with that being said, I did want to ask about how many customers do you guys have at the moment? Um, yeah, we are still growing and, and small at the moment, but we have around uh, 500 paying customers. At the moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. actually a lot for the amount of time that you've been out there, right? Since April. So it's, it's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. And, and, you know, obviously that's going to keep growing as you guys are testing and trying different things and, and understanding who the right audience is and things like that. Um, with that, what's been the most challenging thing as a company 
to really um first of all have a good team around um especially in the beginning when you are a small company and you can't pay salaries and you mm-hmm. can't pay like amazing things it's, it's very difficult to really find people that are just motivated enough to work for a low salary but just because they believe in the vision and oh. the idea and i think um we were very lucky that we had people around us uh, and it took a while until we found the right people and the right team but we are very happy right now and that's um that being said i think the team is really, really important and the other challenges that we had were of course finding the first customers especially um you know how they always say that if you didn't go out with your product early enough or if you weren't ashamed when you um launched your product and you weren't launching early and uh, then you were launching too late uh-huh. so actually um that being said i think i'm a very perfectionist person like i uh-huh. really like um that everything is perfect and that the software works and all of that and of course in the beginning when you launch lots of problems arise that you didn't expect and uh, customers are un- unhappy and you have to kind of like all the time explain yourself and excuse yourself and i think that was especially in the beginning very difficult before we had a stable product i would uh, go that far i think that right now we have a really stable a good product but this was not the case from the beginning and right. um, i think that was a really big challenge also for yourself as a, as a person that you have to like always excuse yourself and be very uh apologetic about it yeah yeah, yeah and, and i think that's definitely something that a lot of people would deal with right in the industry it's you don't know what's going to happen and you're going to launch with a product that might have flaws and until somebody uses it you don't really know what's going to happen um essentially and and really you know i think if the person under it could go both two different ways right the person's going to be kind of upset about it and and just like maybe they'll leave or something um, or they'll help you out and, and give you ideas on how you can improve and things like that, or how it can make their experience better. Um, essentially, which is what you're looking for all the time, right? It's finding ways to keep your customers happy and also improve the product at the same time. Um, and, and that's, you know, getting into like churn and things like that, where essentially you're just trying to hear what most people have to say about the product to implement. Obviously you can't do everything. Uh, that's just going to be, that's just going to end in, in a bad place because then you'll have a product with like a million different features that it's just going to be like way too hard to use. Nobody's going to want to even go in there or anything like that. So it's always important to take a look at those things. Um, now on the other side of things, what is, what would be the, the, the thing that you're most proud of? And it's okay to brag. It's okay to let the ego come out a little bit uh, for for their button, right? What's <laughs> what's the what's the best thing that like when you want to talk to someone about the product, you like you go and that's the first thing you mention. Ooh, um, that's actually a tough one. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no I, I was just saying that like I'm I'm very proud of um, us as a startup that we did not give up uh, because there were of course times where you like don't feel like you. You know, there are always those competitors that come out that you're just um, jealous about because some of the competitors get millions of, of investments and suddenly you rise next to you and you're just like, ah, we want to do the same. And I think it's just uh, very important that you don't give up. Um, and I think I'm very, very proud that we did not give up because right now we finally see it taken off. And uh, we're very happy about that. And also, of course, this, um, I mean, it's, 
for us here in Austria and in Germany, at least very important or in Europe in general, um, this cooperation we got with this telecommunication provider that was, and also we, we received an investment through them and that was just very, um, yeah, relieving to you that we have a strong partner on our side can kind of um, help us uh, take the next steps and, and get us to a bigger level now. That's awesome. That's so cool. And uh, we're kind of getting closer to the 30 minutes of the interview, but I okay. did want to ask a couple of more questions. Um, if you had one piece of advice for uh, someone specifically in the SaaS industry, what would that be? Um, what I, so I can, uh, what I learned most was from my mistakes actually. And I think that we, um, as I said before, I always tried to have a perfect product and I wanted to have like everything nicely done before we get out of the market. And I was actually a little too ashamed to talk to people to ask for feedback before we had something. And I think it was, uh, that would have, is something that's really important that you start testing very, very early and that you uh, really get even a prototype that looks like uh, crap <laughs> out there just to, to, show something and get feedback and really uh, use that feedback in the development phase because we um, had a lot of feedback afterwards after we have had actually already had a somewhat working product and then we had to change the processes we had to change a lot of things we had to like we realized a lot of things during the way and i think that's always the case like you always will get some you will probably always get some uh, customer feedback that will make you change um, the whole product in a way but if the, the sooner you get that, the better you can shape it, actually, that it is mm -hmm. also a product that is in need. And I think that's my biggest advice. Awesome. And to kind of piggyback off of that a little bit, are you doing anything specific to get product feedback from your customers or do you just wait for it to come? Um, no, we actually um, started now with, uh, we're sending out emails to our existing customers and we give them a month off like a month free if they give us feedback and mm -hmm. we have this feedback form that they have to fill in and then right afterwards they get it um, oh. and these things actually work quite well but i also think that most of the customers that we have still right now in the beginning are early adopters mm -hmm. and they're very like, tech driven they really like um to to try out new things so yeah. those are the best customers because they even though they give us you sometimes very harsh feedback and they know what a software can do so they can really like give you more advice on how to to yeah. get more of it um so it is um sometimes also quite frustrating but overall it is really important to get um mm -hmm. those voices heard and yeah so actually that the customer support um chat box where we get a lot of feedback in and we mm -hmm. are trying to communicate as much as possible i actually never thought about getting feedback from someone you know in that's technically savvy um, I would imagine that some of the, the feedback coming from someone that is, you know, IT um, or something like that would be very, very different from someone that is just a normal user. Uh, so that'd yeah. be definitely interesting to take a look at that. I can see how that would be, how it could be uh, harsh too at the same time, right? Um, but I guess it's, I mean, you're going to get everything from, from either side. So, but that's awesome because it can also give you the best feedback. Um, from a product standpoint, right? One more thing about that actually is um, what we also realize this is that even though we are we have a fully self onboarding process and people can actually um, just sign up with us and they actually don't ever have to talk to us, mm -hmm. we have now taken the initiative to talk to our customers nonetheless, and that's uh, why we had actually the moment somebody books uh, the moment somebody signs up with us, we actually book an appointment with them uh, where we want to explain them the product and meet them and like just talk 
talk them through everything. Uh, so we show them how the booking process works and uh -huh. they can video call with us, which is also a little time consuming, but it works really well because people really like that personal touch that they can actually Absolutely. talk to the company. And especially with those big companies out there that don't even have any like personal, mm -hmm. uh, like if you want to talk to someone at Google or, or Facebook, you don't ever find the right person to talk right. to. And that's why I really like us that we are so personal, like so approachable and, um, that's something that we've just started a couple of weeks ago and it's going quite well too that we are really and through those talks we actually get a lot of feedback too mm -hmm. what and we really realize what is clear from our product and what is not so clear that's awesome and it's something that i've i feel like i've touched on this on every other interview that i've had after a specific person mentioned it but that was you know doing things that aren't scalable and uh, essentially that's going to keep you from, from it's going to help you differentiate from bigger competitors. Right. And you mentioned obviously like Google, I can't talk to the, the founder of Google or something like that. Right. Um, I can talk to you if I wanted to, I just go and like, I guess now if I go and try the product out, I'll get a phone call. Right. Which is awesome because it's, I guess it's not, it's not scalable and it's difficult to keep up, but it's definitely going to, it, it might for one, it makes them feel important. Well, I'm going to get a phone call with this, you know, the co-founder or the founder of this company, uh, which is awesome. And it's definitely a personal touch. And not only that, but it's going to get them pretty much with the right feet forward right off the bat, which now, okay, well, she just showed me how to use this product. Now I can literally go and do it on my own for my next meeting uh, instead of having to try it out a couple of times before I get it right the first time. So I think that's awesome and I, I'm pretty sure it's going to go really well, even though it's non-scalable. Maybe, you know, once you grow to 10,000 and, and so on customers, you might not be able to go on every single one of them. But if you, I think if you still hop on one here and there, it's going to be meaningful and people will definitely enjoy it. And another thing is that essentially every single transaction that you make, no matter, you know, whether it's online or offline or however you do it, it's, it's an opportunity to create a relationship. And I think that's how it should always be, right? It's personal, it's, it's a service, and obviously that's to help someone else. So I think it's always important to treat every transaction as relationship and, and obviously say thank you, right? Uh, for everything that's being done on, on both your end and their end because they're giving you something and you're giving them something. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so with that being said, I did want to ask you, what is one of the best books that you've read um, on, on, you know, on business or something like that? Ooh, uh, so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's quite difficult. Actually, I, what I do now, um, I don't read books anymore because to be honest, as a family, you don't really have so much time. I mean, I, I'm sure many founders feel that way that they, there are just so many books out there. So um, instead of reading books I just read Blinkist uh, so the short versions of the uh -huh. books and I felt like this gives me really some good like overview of all the different strategies because um, I've had I've met some other founders already that have been really like focusing on one book and it seems like and they were really trying to like follow all the steps in the book and I, I'm just not a big fan of that I think like there are many different uh, strategies you can follow and you kind of have to find your own way but it's really good to like open your eyes with some other out there. So I'm, I'm just reading like every day uh, another book on Blinkist. Like it's, yeah. uh, you know, in eight that's minutes awesome. or something. You know. It gives me a book. You write a book and that's um, quite useful, I think, to just save some time and still get the essence of it. Yeah, absolutely. 
that's actually great feedback. I haven't heard that yet, but anyone that feels like they don't have, you know, the time to, to read a book and, and sit there and do these, all these things. And obviously if you want to get different perspective, you can get similar books in the same, you know, topic and read all of those and then make up your mind for what you want to pick up and what you don't want to pick up out of that. So that's awesome. Um, and, uh, with that on there, do you have any questions for me, Suzanne? Um, do you have any feedback for what do, what would you suggest us doing to actually grow our business and to compete against those big competitors out there? <laughs> um, well, at the moment, I'm not entirely sure on everything that you guys are doing. Um, I'd be definitely interested in taking a look at that. But I think what, what you definitely need to do, and, and it's something that you already started doing, essentially, um, you know, I never got a phone call from Calendly um, when I signed up. They didn't say, you know, they, maybe they sent a thank you email, but that was about it. I never, I've never spoken to anyone on their team or anything like that. So I think that personal approach is going to help you really reduce the amount of churn later down the road. Um, you might not have much of it right now, if any. Um, but like, for example, it's, if, if for whatever reason something happens with Calendly and I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm just another customer to them. That's, that's really it. Right. And if, if, for example, if something happened or, I saw that something had a better pricing option. It's very easy to leave when there's no relationship. Um, and, and now you have, you know, now there's this relationship, obviously you need to write with, with you, for example, and uh, you have a better product with more options Then it's kind of a no brainer not to switch. Right. Because it's, you, you're giving me more product, you have a better price and it's relationship in between us. So it's definitely easier to, for anyone, uh, to leave and, and go to the next product. So I think it's just being being personable and, and showing, you know, like I said, being vulnerable and showing, you know, that that, that type of content is really important uh, and people really, really appreciate it. Thank so, you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I answered your question with that, but I think that's that's definitely uh, one of the, the things that you can keep doing now, right? And uh, so with that being said, uh, I did want to thank you again, Suzanne, for hopping on this podcast with me. It was an absolute pleasure uh, learning more about um, Dare Button and yourself and, you know, how everything kind of came to happen where you were, you know, working at um, a more technical, not technical, but a more, uh, um, what did we call it? Um, just not the SaaS industry. <laughs> And now you're in a, in, a, in a SaaS industry and, and how everything, you know, kind of happened and, you know, the, the challenges that you've been faced with and now the successes that you're seeing and, and partnerships happening and things like that. So it's very cool uh, learning more stories like this, like yours and understanding, you know, how we can help people together by by showcasing those those things in a, in a platform and other people can pick things up that they want to start applying or implementing and learning from from things that you've done. Uh, and things that you plan on doing. So I really want to thank you for that. And uh, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find us on uh, www, uh, www, sorry, the button.com and <laughs> um, German. And um, yeah, we have that code phantom actually at the voucher code that you can enter when you sign up. Okay. Uh, we have two weeks for free anyways to try it out. And uh, with the phantom code, you would get our product 50% off, which is awesome. So uh, try it out and yeah, give us feedback and we will try to work on our product more and more. Thanks. Definitely. 
Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at C-A-M-A-C-H-O.F-T-M and uh, also phantom.agency. And for anyone that's a SaaS founder, entrepreneur, uh, CEO, make sure you join the group. If you want to be on the podcast, just let me know and be it'd be a pleasure to have you here. And uh, other than that, I challenge every single one of you to go out and do something that's going to be meaningful, something that's going to help people uh, create a product or just be better. And uh, thank you so much, Suzanne, for being on here today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.